from KQED. You're listening to Queued Up. I'm Ryan Levy. For the first 12 years of my life, I was a vegetarian. My mom had stopped eating meat not long before I was born, so I didn't eat anything that, as she would say, had a face until middle school. My mom is still a vegetarian, and she was heartbroken when I decided to start eating meat. Honestly, I'm not sure she's ever really gotten over it. I tell you all of this because my mom, who is one of the show's biggest fans, is probably not going to be a huge fan of this episode. It's from reporter Lisa Morehouse, who hosts the California Foodways podcast, all about food and agriculture in the Golden State. And in this story, she heads way up north to Siskiyou County to visit a couple who turns the cows they raise and slaughter into a lot more than just steaks. And now a warning, Mom, the story has scenes in a slaughterhouse and a description of a cow being broken down. You've been warned. Just outside the slaughterhouse at Prather Ranch, co-owner Mary Rickert gives me plastic booties, a rubber apron, and a hard hat to wear over my headphones. We'll just go in right now, if you're ready. I'm ready, yeah. I've never stepped on a kill floor before. Instead of the smelly, chaotic scene I expect, the seven workers here move around each other and four carcasses almost like a dance. So just on the other side of that panel is the animals knocked unconscious. The throats are slit. They have to be bled out. Then they're laid on this cradle. What are you doing right now? I'm skinning the beef. Workers remove organs and the spinal cord, then cut the carcass in half with a saw. And Emily Rosecrans takes over. With brightly painted nails, she trims off imperfections from the carcass. I look for hair, feces, um, bruises, pretty much anything that I wouldn't want to eat. After a thumbs up from the on-site USDA inspector. I wash it and then um, I spray it with vinegar, which is a natural antiseptic. I meet Mary's husband, Jim, away from the main action while he's boning out the cow head. You kind of have to know how an animal's put together so you can take it apart. He puts all the meat he says he wouldn't feed to his grandchildren on one tray. That'll be sold as pet food. And the really good stuff goes on another tray. And I know people love beef cheeks. There's a nice beef cheek right there. And that, uh, it goes down to a restaurant in San Francisco. And as I recall, they, they sell a dinner there, beef cheek dinner for $75. I've never been able to afford one, but that's what I hear. The people in this room work carefully. There are the USDA standards and Jim's grandchildren test, but they'll also be selling parts of these animals to companies in the biomedical field. The hides, for example, go to make purified collagen solution used in cell research. And bones, some have been made into screws for things like knee surgery. Cow bones are real popular. I mean, like there's the one company that takes them and makes all this stuff for dental work. Grinds them up for fillings. Another company is researching ways to replace parts of our bones. They're using Prather Ranch cow bones, which have been 3D printed with human cells. Pretty strange science, but really fascinating. And, you know, we like doing our part of it. If we're going to take the animal's life, I believe that we have a moral obligation to utilize the animal as much as possible. First, it's good business, but it's good morals. 
Companies come to Jim and Mary for lots of bovine parts. We've done all the way from pituitary glands to eyeballs to uteri to pericardium. In the early 90s, as young ranch managers, the Rickards faced a money-losing business. They had to get creative. So I shrank the herd down to about 250 mother cows. We just didn't buy replacement females. We kept them from the herd. Creating what's now known as a closed herd. All animals in the herd are born within it. and No new ones are introduced. That decision changed everything because at the same time, two things were happening that on the surface seemed to have nothing to do with each other. The first, an animal health scare. Mad cow disease was really uh, developing into a real serious health crisis in the United Kingdom and Europe. The second, a beauty trend, dermal fillers. That's the ladies with the puffy lips and all that sort of stuff. Remember the pillowy lips of actresses in the 1990s? That filler came from collagen injections that came from cow hides. And an old friend of the Rickards, an early pioneer in collagen dermal fillers, knew that Prather Ranch had a closed herd, which made it much less susceptible to problems like mad cow disease. He knew he could make a cleaner, safer collagen with their cow hides. So he called them up. And I remember going, really? (laughs) Puffy lips wasn't exactly in in our uh, primary life goal at that point. But the Rickards wanted to keep the ranch going. That collagen company built them the slaughterhouse on site. Eventually, biomedical companies came knocking for cow parts, too. He won't tell me much about the financials, but Jim says there have been years when they've made more money selling beef byproducts for medical use than they made selling beef. This would be the knuckle end, and this is the hip bone. In the processing room, employee Greg Holbrook shows me how he preps a femur bone for a medical client. I'm going to cut this piece off and leave a little bit of the marrow bone. Double bags the bone. One, one bone per bag. And sends it through a vacuum sealer. To FedEx to places like San Diego, Florida, Brooklyn. One result of meeting all the FDA standards to sell the parts to medical companies, the Rickards set themselves up to produce really high-quality beef. It's sought after and pretty expensive. Before I leave, Mary Rickert tells me more about what binds her together with her husband, Jim, a belief in handling animals gently until the very last minute. She walks me to the knockbox, where cows get knocked out by a stun gun before being moved to the kill floor. She points out a quote by the animal behaviorist Temple Grandin, who advocates for humane slaughter of livestock. The quote speaks to the sacredness of the place where an animal dies. I wanted uh, to put that over our knockbox so that we always remember that this animal is giving its life, not only for food, but to improve the quality of life for people, uh, for medical reasons. She says she wants everyone at the slaughterhouse to think about that. Thanks to reporter Lisa Morehouse for that story. It was produced in collaboration with the Food and Environment Reporting Network, a nonprofit investigative news organization. The story originally aired on the California Report magazine. I'm Ryan Levy. Have a good week.